So welcome to this episode of London Heal, and I'm your host, Tatiana Kosesanov. I was very fascinated to read in a couple of news articles this week that on Monday the 23rd of April, the Duchess of Cambridge gave birth to her third child, a gorgeous little boy. And most relevant to me was the fact that it was splashed over the papers that she'd used hypnobirthing. Now, this is a subject, as you all know, very dear to my heart. So immediately I got in touch with a very dear friend of mine, Wendy, Wendy Wilkinson, who is an absolute specialist in hypnobirthing. And thankfully, Wendy was so great and actually jumped in at such short notice um, and said, let's let's do a podcast while, while everyone's still thinking about this topic and maybe even asking themselves what it's all about. So first of all, just to introduce you a little bit to Wendy, <clears throat> Wendy describes herself as a midwife solution focused hypnotherapist. She's been a midwife for 27 years and hypnobirthing practitioner for the last 10 years. She works within the NHS and has been there for over 35 years and now defines her time um, as a community midwife in East Sussex and also running her successful private practice as a hypnotherapist. So, Wendy, first of all, welcome and thanks so much for uh, running with this with me and jumping in at such short notice. Really appreciate it. Oh, hi. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Great. So um, I bet you're going to have a lot of people talking to you about this over over the next few weeks, because I think, you know, the soon as the royals do anything and something gets a sign of approval, um, then it becomes hot news. So uh, I think your telephone is going to be ringing off the hook in the next couple <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how it already has already started, actually. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Great. It's Great. amazing, the connection. And I think it's really about how well she looked when she walked out. And uh, you could say, OK, there's people blow-drying her hair and doing her makeup, but she looked well. Physically, she looked well. So obviously had a wonderful birth. Absolutely. I mean, I was wondering about that because, I mean, from a sort of feminist perspective, you know, one one hates the idea that every woman is going to be expected to look like a beauty queen sort of five hours after giving birth. But um, the fact of the matter is, though, that it's clear that it wasn't actually that stressful an experience for her. So, I mean, obviously, there's an element of luck that everything goes the right way. But you're absolutely convinced that that, that process really helped that. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what hypnobirthing is is it just at the birth is it something you do beforehand just describe it for us well there's several different ways people approach hypnobirthing i suppose the most common way is people actually do a course um, and they find a hypnobirthing practitioner and it's usually divided over say four sessions and they learn initially all about mind-body connection really understanding why we feel the way we do why see what's important is 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 removing the fear from birth and that understanding where our fear comes from and actually preventing that from hijacking our birth so usually in the first session it's all about understanding that we all have to have a negative aspect um, Otherwise, we wouldn't survive events, but actually realizing that sometimes our perception of an event is inaccurate. And actually, the body responds the same to a perceived event as it does to an actual event. So 
it's really getting that across to them and actually realizing that they have control over their emotions. One, recognizing the emotions and then being able to control those emotions. And then usually the, the second session may be all about, you know, really getting across these very simple techniques. They have to be quite simple for people to take on board and practice leading up to the birth. Um, and it's, it's a combination of breathing techniques, um, self-hypnosis tools. Um, it's, and the thing is, I think what they realize is, especially when they come as couples, so you usually find the husband is a bit skeptical. He doesn't initially want to be there. But when he realizes that all the techniques they're learning aren't necessarily just about birth, it's for everyone. And it's almost an introduction for them as a couple to realize that they can use these for the rest of their lives. And I get comments afterwards about, especially if I've taught it to um, people who've got children already, that the children use the techniques and the husbands come back and go, oh my, I use that at work and it's amazing. I stay calm and relaxed and able not to be hijacked, you know, by any, any negativity. So it's lovely when that light bulb comes on for them, that actually they've stepped into this thinking it was all about birth, but actually it's all about life. And then we, the third session may be all about removing any, any hidden, everybody has different fears. So it's trying to identify those fears and remove those. And, and usually the last session is all about bringing everything together, how to use the techniques leading up to birth in birth and then after birth. So it's, it's, it's usually a nice little package. Um, and depending on when they want to start, some people, if they're very anxious in pregnancy, it's good to start quite early on because then they can stay calm and relaxed throughout pregnancy. Some I've had people, I had a whole group once and they were all due the week we finished the course. So it doesn't really matter when you do the course. Um, but it's usually nice to have a couple of weeks to practice the techniques leading up to giving birth. Um, so what it actually does is just allows the body to remain as calm and relaxed as possible because there aren't any other muscles in the body when they're working well that actually cause pain. The birth shouldn't be an excruciatingly painful experience. And it is for a lot of mothers. You know, when I... I've been a midwife for about 15 years before I even heard about hypnobirthing. And I just sort of slipped into it because I wanted to do something different. So I trained in, in hypnobirthing. And suddenly the penny dropped. I'd sort of be able to compare a lot of the wonderful births I'd seen to a lot of the traumatic births. And the real common factor between the two was the fear with the women who had very painful traumatic births. And I just knew that these tools could just help so many. And what's really sad is that birth has changed so much, especially in the UK. You know, I've been looking after pregnant ladies for nearly 30 years. And it's sad. It's really sad. I, you know, I feel that Obviously, it's hard working in the NHS, but I feel that my role is to get this across. I feel like before I leave, I have to get this across to so many people. And what's wonderful is it just it, it's now coming about that, like Kate Middleton, is that people, the proof is seeing the woman and, and what she's talking about. So 
there's a lot of skeptics out there, but you know, I just it doesn't matter because the women speak for themselves. You know, they're they're crying it from the rooftops. And I suppose what's really sad is that people have to do a course to be able to enjoy birth because it hasn't been that long that women did enjoy giving birth. My mother had us all three of us at home and thoroughly enjoyed the experience. But things have been different in the last 50 years with medical intervention and we need to get birth back, you know, and the trouble is because the National Health Service is quite restricted, um, the stress of the staff, um, it, women need time, they need support, um, you know, they need to feel safe and secure to be able to birth well and the beauty of mother nature, it will not allow birth to be successful unless we support women. So, in a way, it's a blessing that we don't birth well unless we're looked after. But the sad thing at the moment is, you know, the cesarean rate is climbing through the roof. And um, and I can put hands on heart that one of the main reasons is these women are so fearful. And the thing is, with, with media, with the TV, and uh, it's getting worse. It, it's, it, they're feeding the fear. Yeah, you and never see a birth on television unless some poor woman is screaming the house down. I know. And I mean, I know. Yeah. you know, I, I had a pretty stressful birth myself. I mean, I, I was in labour for for over twenty six hours, but um, you know, there it's there was at no point, you know, until maybe like the very end, and there was certainly a lot of resistance and fear in my case. Um, but you know, it, it's even even a really long drawn out birth like that is not it's just not that horrific i mean i think that's really the exception rather mm. than rule yeah and, and i think what's really really sad is the proof how it affects babies and i think what's really quite shocking is that it's going to affect the generations from these difficult births and the relationships they're going to develop and go on to have their children. I think we need to put a stop. We, we need to stop it before it, it goes on for too much longer because women who deliver in fear aren't good mothers. They can't be. Um, they're, they're trying to recover from the birth and they, they're just not, they're not good partners. They're not good mothers. It's not their fault. It's just it, it's the trauma they're left with. And that's so sad and they feel like they failed. And there's it seems so simple. It is so simple. I mean, I mean, I say if they doubled the amount of midwives, obviously we'd be a lot more relaxed because we'd have time to be with women. And, you know, maybe that's all we need to do. Maybe we don't need hypnobirthing, but it's a great tool that allows the woman to actually, I call it going under the radar. It's all right. Nobody can touch this woman when she's so calm and relaxed because she's progressing well. There's, there's no need to hurry her up. Um, it's a gift to the midwives. I've spoken to so many of my colleagues and they go, oh, you taught my lady hypnobirthing. I said, then how was the birth? Oh, it's lovely. I said, I bet you enjoyed your day. And it's like, it's so much easier to look after somebody when they are calm, relaxed, confident. Okay, so um, just, to, just to scroll back there a little bit for the listeners. So if somebody actually comes and does a hypnobirthing course with you, for example, or another practitioner, they don't actually have to have the hypnobirthing expert there in the delivery room with them. A regular midwife can help, but they're already so chilled out that, that all of that stuff just kicks in and makes the whole process more, more easy. 
that's what's absolutely wonderful is they they take the tools with them and they practice them and it's their little package they've got them they, they don't need to have a therapist with them um and that's what's so lovely you know it's 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 lovely it, it and and it's such a gift um and yeah i it just it just i don't know it's 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 a no-brainer. <laughs> it's and it's a shame in a way. I mean, there are some hospitals that do offer it, but I think they offer it in a limited capacity. But the trust I work for, they don't. I mean, it's all you know. It's finances, really. Um, it's unbelievable, really, because I mean, we're talking about life here. We're talking about the absolute essence of life, new life coming into the world, and that's, would think, something which we should be chucking our resources at in buckets, you know. Um, but it all goes down to mental health in a way. It's really on the back. It's it's really not looked upon um, as as important as the physical, and I have, you know. I just know it is equally important um, that mental support you offer mothers. So, um, but it's just the world we live in at the moment, and it's sort of almost a bit hippy dippy, really. It's uh, you know, but you know, the more we become aware of supporting mental health, um, and it starts there. You know, it starts with birth. Absolutely. And, and you know what, that is absolutely amazing for me, because a lot of people wouldn't bother doing, obviously, a hypnobirthing course if they weren't pregnant. But what it introduces to them is that mental health, how important it is to maintain, maintain mental health. And um, I think it really opens them up to, you know, that's the way they're going to be. They're very much more conscious about the way they live their lives. And... I, they get control back. It's it's just so lovely. Yeah, it's an introduction into that that mind body connection, and that's what I love because when the penny drops, it's like you get it now. You you are in charge of your life. Don't let anybody tell you you're not. You know so. Well, that's that's absolutely um, our our you know reason for being here on on London Hill is is empowerment is to mm. empower people to take back control of their own health care and understand that they really have a say in the matter um, uh, as well as looking at, at different modalities that they can use to support them what would really interest me is clearly there are no um, statistics there haven't actually been any clinical trials performed but just just in your own experience which is fairly vast um, would you say that you notice a, a significant reduction in the amount of caesareans or other interventions in women who have hypnobirthing courses before going into labour? Yes, definitely. I'm actually in the process, I haven't got my results, but I'm actually in the process of assessing um, uh, my own uh, client's outcome. And it's very, very different to what the national statistics are at the moment. I mean, cesarean national statistics is, I think, running at 25% to 30%. You know, the limit of the World Health Organization is 10%. You know, when I trained, we were just touching 10%. And it was embarrassing. And now it's, it's climbing every year. So definitely, I mean, there was a study, I think it was called the SHIP Report, um, but it wasn't conclusive enough, but yeah, definitely. 
that I mean I've noticed the difference but you know that's not the only thing is it you know because not everybody can deliver normally I personally believe that 95% of ladies can deliver normally we, it's improved in other areas you know there's the farm in Tennessee in America you know that I think they did 500 deliveries before they had to do the first cesarean so statistically that's not 25% and um you know, those ladies were supported in birth. So, yeah, I mean, it, I suppose, yeah, we need, that's the thing, we need research and proof, but it's very difficult to quantify. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I had actually heard or read somewhere, I, I can't actually remember the source, to be honest, that, um, that in fact, stress mums, um, when they're not really relaxed and they're actually very worried and stressed about the birth, that can also increase the chances of something like a breach because the baby doesn't actually get the right messages to turn and, um, you know, and engage head first. And, you know, when you start thinking about all the subtleties and of, of what goes on in, in the pregnancy process before we even get to the birth, you can see how all those stress hormones rushing around are really probably not very good. In fact, I remember when I was pregnant, one of the nicest things about it was just like having that really happy hormones mm. feeling. Uh, I was I was fairly chilled out actually. Yeah. Yeah, but again it's going back to mother nature. You disturb any animal and therefore, you know, sort of infuse them with adrenaline. It, it, labor won't flow you know animals naturally if you disturb them where they're giving birth they stop their labors they move out the way and they start again we do exactly the same but the thing is when we're we're, we're stuck in a delivery room and we stop we're seated up um and and the muscles it just it won't let it happen so therefore that's where the pain comes and the baby can't get out so the baby's only way of telling you it's getting stuck is to put its heart rate up and therefore a cesarean's done so that's the fear tension pathway, you know, it increases the intervention rate. It's, it's, to me, it's so obvious and I don't know how to get it out there other than just be it, you know, teach it, be it, feed the ladies through the system and people like Kate, fantastic, put it out there because really you wouldn't expect that of a royal. I mean, that's fantastic. And she did, she, she, I think she hit the birth with all three. I remember yes. the first one, yeah. there was a big mention mm -hmm. of it. So. Uh, but yes, it's... Um, well, hopefully we can do something with, with this little yes. morsel that, uh, that we can also help get the message out there. And what about the... the you, you mentioned earlier on um, that it's a knock-on effect onto the whole family. Um, what about the babies themselves? There's a, there's a lot of studies showing that, that babies that are born through cesarean section, for example, have long-term difficulties with forming relationships and so on and so forth. You know, um, I think there was new, a new paper came out just a couple of weeks ago in, in Nature about how actually they don't also get exposed to the maternal microbiome which actually affects their physical health so what sort of things do you see with you know as a difference as a comparison of, of babies that are because you know obviously as a midwife you actually look after the mother and child for a while after the baby's born too so what do you see there how, how are you no know, birth babies well they're very calm they're, they're amazingly calm when they're born so um you know, they're not stressed out. They're, they're, yeah, they sometimes they don't even cry when they come out, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there are 
there is research to say the effects of cesarean, how it can have a negative outcome on babies. And uh, there's non-communicable diseases like Crohn's and diabetes and obesity. And um, they're actually now linking, saying that actually the way we give birth, especially if we give birth by cesarean, can be as dangerous as smoking and sugar, um, that it will eventually disable us if we carry on doing that. But at the moment, I think the last bit of medical research showed there was no difference between um, um, the health of mother and baby born by cesarean um, or, or, or vaginal birth. And it's difficult, obviously, for those mothers that need to have a cesarean. And I'm very, you know, obviously in a very difficult position because if you're telling somebody it's going to affect their baby and they have to have a cesarean, it's a very difficult one to get across. But um, yes, definitely. I mean, just the whole dynamics of family, you know, um, afterwards, if you've got a calm baby, the mother's able to feed her baby. Um, she's calm and relaxed. Her partner's able to, you know, support them. It's it's just obvious really you know reduce the stress in the family and you know they can just recover so well it's um yeah yeah i mean of course you know one doesn't want to apportion any blame whatsoever on those those poor ladies that, that mm -hmm. have to end up for for whatever medical reason to have a cesarean but i think i think it was a trend certainly in the us for example to have elective Caesareans, and I and I think it's important to make people understand that whilst it may fit better into your calendar, it's not necessarily the best for for mum and baby. No, and it may not be the baby's calendar either. Exactly. I think that's what's amazing. You know, your baby may decide to come at thirty-seven weeks, but actually, it may not want to come for forty-two weeks, and you know that's time you've taken away from that baby. And I, I think people don't appreciate that. Um, you know, babies need their their time there you know they need to you know we still don't fully understand what triggers labor and that's beautiful but we don't because the day they know that they'll probably start putting us on waiting lists um, <laughs> but you know it's yeah i love it when ladies deliver at 37 or 38 weeks because you know nobody can get them <laughs> they can't be induced so Absolutely. yeah yeah yeah. And what about things like, you know, um, the effect of hypnobirthing on nursing? Because I, I know that the, a lot of the reasons why many women elect to, to bottle feed babies, and we all know these days that bre breast is best, um, is actually simply because they're not really very good at producing milk. Something happens and, and it's just not there. And, and so they resort to the bottle. Are you seeing effects on that too with hypnobirthing? Yes, definitely. I mean, it's just the hormones really that support the body to give birth and the same hormones that support the body to breastfeed. I mean, mainly it's oxytocin. It's that, mm -hmm. that, that feel good, that happy hormone we get when we fall in love, that excited feeling when we're looking forward to our baby. Um, that's what we need in abundance when we give birth. And that's what we need in abundance when to breastfeed, to allow the milk to be let down. So if the woman's feeling stressed, the adrenaline will just, it's, it's, it's the, it's the opposite. So if there's adrenaline in the system, you can't produce oxytocin. So if she's anxious or upset or worried, um, she can't breastfeed because the, there's just not enough. There's not enough oxytocin to help the milk production. So yeah, it's just a, it's a vicious circle. Um, yeah. 
And oxytocin, if I remember correctly from my study years and years ago, is also really crucial to prevent bleeding and things actually after the birth, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing that actually helps the mother recover from birth too. Yeah, yeah definitely. The, the, the best thing you can do when a baby's born is get the baby skin to skin straight to the breast. Therefore, oxytocin helps the uterus contract, controls the bleeding, um, and, and then once the placenta is out, it's, we're, we're built to do it right. But when, when it gets interrupted, and one of the things, obviously, is, is this anxiety and this fear, this adrenaline, um, it, it just fails. But in, as I always say, in a way, it's telling us we can't do things in that mental capacity. We won't do them well. So it's just saying we've got to mentally be prepared before we can do anything physically naturally. And it's such a proof of that mind-body connection, you know, just it I love it because it's a package of proof it's almost like okay there's proof at the end of the day you know um that 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 it works you know absolutely uh, yeah and for the women who unfortunately do have to have a scheduled cesarean you know they've got some physical problem or some medical problem that's going on um can hypnobirthing still be a boost for them even if they're not opting for a natural delivery yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I do get comments back where people um, have to have a cesarean, and um, and um, a one 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 email I got back from this lady, she said, "Oh, the doctors have never seen anybody hit the birth during a cesarean." And I think the beauty of it is obviously it's a it's an environment for that a lot of people haven't been in in theatre, and actually they're in theatre awake. Most people who go to theatre are actually probably asleep when they're in there. So obviously it's a scary environment. There's lots of bright lights and there's lots of people and there's lots of noise. So for the woman to actually maintain a state of calm and just inner peace, you know, she's just focusing on her breathing, her different techniques, and she's just watching the world go by. So yeah, it's wonderful. Um, I do have a few people that do need to have cesarean. So I think that's what's important because some people contact me and say, oh, no, I need a, a cesarean, so I won't do hypnobirth. And it was like, hold on a moment. You know, these tools are about life. And if you want to be able to walk into theatre and, and get up onto that bed and actually enjoy welcoming your baby into the world, you know, without the blinkers of fear on, um, do still do it. It, it's, it helps. It, it's just it helps in all sorts of deliveries but what's amazing is it reduces the incidence of, of cesareans and um, other assisted deliveries yeah and I bet it encourages healing post cesarean yeah. as well yeah definitely. Definitely. fascinating it's really interesting do you um, get a lot of people who were kind of slightly freaked out by the whole concept of, of hypnosis I mean it's you know as a hypnotherapist myself I know that that's oftentimes something I have to explain yeah, yeah. please don't hypnotize me I exactly. don't want to get stuck in hypnosis exactly, exactly. <laughs> so why yeah. don't you address that a little bit and just just do some myth busting while we're here I suppose it's, it, it's always it's sort of quite difficult to get across, but I think it's really getting people to understand and realise that actually to be in a hypnotic state is a natural state we adopt ourselves. Um, and I suppose to explain it to people, it's like when we daydream, it's just getting that focus of attention. It's a bit of mindfulness. Um, it's just calming everything down. And um, yeah, I mean, you can't get stuck in it. The thing is, we do know people can neg- be negatively influenced by 
by hypnotherapy. Um, but obviously, we're never going to do that with hypnotherapy because it's always positive information. And, and the thing is, when somebody's calm and relaxed, their subconscious can absorb all that, all the positivity. So that when the subconscious goes to search for information in the mind about what birth's all about, it's downloaded that birth is a wonderful, normal, natural event to be enjoyed, uh, rather than a fearful event. So it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, no, you can't get stuck. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful, relaxing tool. But I think what's wonderful is these people that come along, they realize it's all self-hypnosis. You know, they're either listening to a download or they're supporting each other, reading each other's scripts or, yeah, it's all self-directed. It's all self-directed. Right. And it's, and it's certainly safe. In fact, as you say yourself, yeah. it's actually really good for, for mum and baby. So yeah. if mum's hypnotised, she's not going to be doing any damage to her baby. Cause no. No, I think no. mums, mums read a lot of bad literature when they're pregnant and, mm. and tend to get scared very easily. I think, you know, you're, you're so susceptible um, when you're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And that's where negative hypnosis can happen. Yeah. In a way, this is why... <laughs> Well, there's a certain program on television at the moment. Is I think it's got a effect of negative negatively hypnotizing women. Is that they sit there focused on the attention of the television, and then suddenly look at all these negative birth stories, and that's downloading negativity. So this is why I always say to women: surround yourself with positive stories, because your your mind is listening to them, and when it comes to your birth, it will download all those stories. Um, so yeah, we have to be very aware that actually states you know, we are downloading positive information. Absolutely, because I mean, let's face it, if it wasn't a beautiful natural process, the human race would have died out a long time ago. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely fabulous. So um, was, there, was there something specific that actually kind of a, a specific event that happened uh, where you, you know, after you trained us in hypnobirthing, where you just suddenly had this light bulb moment, you thought, oh my God, I know I'm really doing a good job. I'm onto something here. Oh, you know, there's so many, there's so many. Um, oh, I, I think it, it's, it's really converting the skeptic. That's what I love. Um, I mean, I've had so many people come along to me and I always, when I first see them, I say, look, there is another way. And they're normally, yeah, 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 okay, okay. And then um, they sort of go, give me a bit more information, give me a bit more information. And I, you know, I, I, you know, I have one lady who actually came to me as, as, as a hypnotherapist before she was even pregnant. And um, she was scared of getting pregnant. She didn't know why, but she was just so fearful of getting pregnant. And um, she came to me for a session. And then a year later, she said, oh, can I do your hypnobirthing course? And she said, obviously, your session worked. And um, she, she was just so fearful of hospitals. And uh, yeah, no, she had a beautiful home birth. Um, but I suppose one of, the, one of the amazing things, I, one of the births I had um, was supported was a couple, um, she was a lawyer, or she was quite sort of sceptical of everything and had to do it. She was going to have everything. She was going to have the epidural. She was going to, um, whatever. She was going to be. She was going to be in total control of it. And anyway, she did get the birthday. Uh, she did one of my courses, and uh, decided she was going to have a home birth, but she couldn't have a home birth because events happened, um, which 
I supported her on and she had to go in and be induced, which, you know, was justified. Um, but all the way through the process, they they wanted to do a cesarean. They just kept and saying, oh, well, we don't think it's ever happened. So, okay, and then obviously it progressed a bit further in labor and she became more sort of internal and more focused on herself. So the husband then sort of took over the negotiations. And, and I think at three, three times during the birth, the doctors came in and said, I think we better do a cesarean now. It's like, is the baby distressed? No. Well, mum's not distressed. We're willing to go on a bit longer. Okay, okay. And all the time you're going, well, you'll probably have to have a cesarean eventually. And then she ended up delivering normally. And I think the beauty of that for me was not only did she trust me and, and I guided her, but what she showed the people looking after her, the midwife and the doctors, um, that there was another way. And, and that was amazing. Uh, I, I, and um, I love that. It was so many people got affected by that, the baby, her, her partner, her sister um, as well, and um, the doctors and the midwives. And that's the only way we're going to get this out there, that, you know, that, that, that to see another way of there is another way to do this. And, um, and I suppose it all goes back to where Hit the Birthing came from. You know, Hit the Birthing, I think um, it was 1990, Marie Mongan sort of developed the programme all based on Dr. Bradley Dick Reed, uh, who was an obstetrician at the uh, turn of the last century. And he noticed the difference between women who were delivering in fear. And, 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 and that's what it was all based on. But he, he worked out that women delivered differently if they were calm and relaxed. Now, endorphins, what we produce when we're calm and relaxed in labor, hadn't been discovered. He wrote the book in 1950. Endorphins were not discovered until the 80s, which I think is amazing, because that's when we learned that we have receptors to, you know, to these drugs, our own drugs, painkilling, you know, I think they're 50, 50 times stronger than any sort of morphine. Those Absolutely, yeah. And, um, yeah, he, the thing is, what's sad, he died before, I think, they, he, even, he knew there was something in the body. He knew something was happening. But he was laughed at, you know, when he wrote that book. I think, you know, just like, oh, it's the alternative. I mean, gosh, how far have we gone? You know, we're almost going backwards at the moment, which is really sad. Um, but I feel that the tide is turning. Um, yeah, it's uh, so. Yes, I've known uh, many, many. And the thing is, you could I mean, with Marie Mongan, who created the program, who fought to have her children normally in America, and she was told when she eventually delivered her last child using these techniques um, that actually she was just lucky. You know, she just happened to have an easy birth. You know, that's not what women do. But that's the sad thing that comes out. You know, oh, you're one of the lucky ones. No, they're not lucky. They are lucky, but they've worked hard. And they, 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 they've worked hard to understand themselves. And, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I just love it when I get the emails and the texts. And, oh, it's just, that's what it's all about for me, really, is um, women being able to um, have the birth they deserve.
So if there was one message which, which you could get out there, even for women who perhaps, you know, are not necessarily going to go for hypnobirthing, but sort of like a general, a general bit of advice, a general wish of something that people could change um, in, their, in their experience of pregnancy and birth, what would that be? Just be sure they're as mentally and physically well as possible, really. Um, and and to address any fears, if they have fears, to address those fears, really. Because, it, yeah, it's just we have we have responsibility for ourselves to to live as healthily as we can and support the next generation. So, uh, yeah, it's having awareness about conscious health and and um, taking ownership, really. Um, and it's wonderful. Gosh, it's so much more enjoyable to you live your life being in control. It's yeah, so, yeah. I, it's difficult to get across to people, but I, you know, we all have the ability to um, to be a bit more in control of the way we live our lives. Really. Well, I think you've done a great job of getting it across today. Thanks so much. Um, one thing we always talk about here on London Hill is that, um, you mentioned it yourself, that the true health is, is really uh, a three-pronged attack to take care of mind, body, and spirit. And I like to encompass those ideas in the idea of health, happiness, and serenity. So for Wendy Wilkinson, on a personal level, how do you define health? What, what does health mean to you, and how do you get there? Gosh, health. What is health? Oh, that's a difficult one. How am I going to sum that one up? I suppose it's just recognizing where I am in a day, you know, it's just like, yeah, just supporting myself mentally and physically. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, and just know that I, I am responsible for myself, you know, and I cannot serve others with an empty plate. So I have to be full and healthy um, to look after my family and, and my wonderful ladies. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just taking time for out and actually stopping and thinking what's going on. You know, when, when you're not feeling well, why could that be? Why is it? You know, what have you done? What are you thinking? Have you done too much? Just, I think it's really, that's what I've learned, is just being mindful. Each day, being really mindful about what's going on. And trust the universe, really. That's what I love. It's like when I get quiet weeks and I might be worried, I go, oh, and then suddenly abundance. So it's just trusting, trusting. Quite right. Yeah. And what about happiness? How do you define happiness for yourself and where do you find that? Oh, gosh. Happiness. Uh, being able to do what I'm passionate about. I, ha You know, I love what I do. Um, it's... The reward is seeing, uh, showing people their own strengths, you know, not, you know, just, just highlighting it for them, you know, and just literally, like I say, the light bulb coming on for them and they're going, oh, so I can do that. And, uh, yeah, sharing what, what I've learned and, um, yeah, obviously seeing my family grow up and, you know, lead their lives and yeah, just in a way, just being able to stand back and know I'm doing the right thing, you know, and um, yeah, 
happiness is doing, you know, what you're doing is right. And um, yeah. I think you're in a wonderful position because so many people just don't have that. That's, that's great. But yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, I'm very lucky that um, I, I found, but I always say to people, if you're not happy where you are, you've just got to find where that happiness is. I said it, you know, with my children, it's just follow your heart, follow your dreams, whether you think it's the right thing to do, as long as it's safe and legal. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, just follow your heart. Your heart knows. You'll be guided. And that's what I feel. And I, luckily, I've been guided into field that I feel that I you know um, yeah I can help others wonderful and lastly serenity how do you how do you find those those quiet moments where you can go within do you actually have any spiritual practices that, that you that you perform or things that you like to do that put you in that quiet place gosh well I use different tools um, it's just, it's just, I suppose, serenity my garden, <laughs> you know, um, it's being able to stop and giving myself permission to stop and just be, and just identify what it might be that comes up for me. I use different things like EFT um, and just, just being mindful, really, um, but knowing we, we have to find those moments and, um, Slow it down. The fast world we live in, we're just slowing it down. Very, very wise words. Well, Wendy, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, I think you've, you've really um, given everybody a really um, deep understanding of what a huge benefit using hypnobirthing is, not only for themselves as, as mothers-to-be, but also for their babies and also for the whole family. As you say, it's a life lesson. Thanks so much. Keep waving the flag. And um, my very deep appreciation for what you're actually doing, because I think this is such an important thing and such an important message uh, we really need to get out there and support our sisterhood um, mm. and in fact our whole families the men too and uh, we need trailblazers like you going out there fighting on the front and I really acknowledge that and I'm very very grateful and thanks so much for taking the time um, at such short notice to jump in thank you thank you my pleasure oh it's the pleasure was all mine <laughs> So that was this week's episode of London Heal, and I hope you'll all have found it really interesting. I certainly did, and I thought Wendy did an absolutely amazing job of, of explaining how important hypnobirthing is. And, you know, we have a great champion, Kate Middleton, the royal family, are actually standing right behind that and saying, go out, think about it, it will help you too. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, review us. Um, iTunes loves that, and that will help get our message from motivational, inspirational speakers like Wendy. Get the message out there a little bit more. Subscribe, and hopefully we'll see you all for the next episode. And don't forget to tell all of your friends. Um, until then, wishing you all health, happiness, and serenity. <laughs> <laughs>